0: From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's Friday, August 23rd, 2019,
0: and it's The Relevant Podcast. Where has this year gone? I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando studio on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Just up the road in Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Yes, go Gators. Welcome back. And uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie (laughs) F. Downs.
2: Good morning, gents, and go dogs. If we're starting this early, I'm coming in Uh hot. Hey, I'm
0: saying. It's hard to hear. This is the Friday show. We're recording on Friday. Both Eddie and I are all a Twitter with anticipation all for the Twitter. SEC football season that kicks off tomorrow. It's oh, a, man. I a, cannot wait. It's going to be it's a, a good year for holiday. Florida.
3: Not that I anybody so cares, too. but I, uh, you, and I care, and that's I mean, and we're on the microphones. Why so.
2: is it going to be a good year for Florida?
3: Because
4: uh, did the rest
2: of us get bad all of a sudden. No, <laughs> I mean, are obviously, they still
3: in the SEC?
4: The cream of the, <laughs> the, cream did of the y'all crop. switched
2: to Division Two, and no one told us. <laughs>
1: the cream of the crop for the SEC, we know, Iowa. is
0: Alabama and Georgia. We know, but Florida went from four wins to ten last year with a new coaching regime. This is the first year he's putting his stamp on the program. Felipe Franks looks really good. I'm just saying this is the year we yeah. go from 10 to 12.
3: Coach yeah. Mullen, I I met him when we were trick-or-treating last year, and I gave him the look, and he gave me the look. And so I'm just saying there was a lot exchanged in that look. Get yeah. ready for and it. The good yeah. news I mean, this is, is
2: your first football season being in Gainesville again, isn't it, Eddie?
3: Uh, no, this is second. We moved up right before the last one. Oh,
4: so right, 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 right. You know so right. what so the yeah, good we're fully news into is it. for Florida and all the other SEC teams? I hear bad yeah. things about Clemson and Alabama this year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. so there's that.
1: that. Cake walkthrough cakewalk
3: through. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. You don't need to be sorry. We always have the Nats Yeah, we, exactly.
0: I
4: don't get it. What What was the joke, Jesse? I don't get it.
3: That, well, the that, only reason we'd be good is because everybody else that's actually good would is not as good this year.
4: Yeah, but but Clemson and Alabama are still like powerhouses that <clears> are <throat> almost sorry? unbeatable. um and not, Georgia, not Georgia is also in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, so they are yeah, also <laughs> a football team. You can sleep on
2: That's fine. You know what? Go ahead, Jess. You go ahead and sleep on Georgia right now. We'll see. Oh, I'm sleeping fine on with me. Clemson
4: and Alabama are basically NFL teams. Like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's but, to be fair. I'm fair. pretty sure both of them could beat the New York Jets right now as they stand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I that's
4: wish true. they'd let us
2: see that. I wish one, uh, one college team would have the courage To play one NFL team like that just to see. Yeah, well,
4: the like Team USA, uh, the basketball team just lost to the select team of like super fringe guys that aren't that above college players. And famously, the Dream Team, uh, the 92 Dream Team lost to a team of uh, college all-stars back in the day when they had first assembled the team and they're getting ready for Barcelona. Uh, there's a famous piece about it. I think it's in the New York times called the dream team's really bad day. And, but it was the same thing. Like these college guys are like, I'm going to go play against Michael Jordan, Larry bird, magic Johnson. And they came out cutthroat and these guys just weren't prepared. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, Thanks. That's been uh uh the most recent episode of Relevant Pseudo Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
1: I really loved that
4: show,
3: man. I've missed that show. Oh, it's my it was one of my favorites.
0: <laughs> Maybe we just bring it back. Who cares about you know, being financially
4: sustainable. I was going to say, that's <laughs> about
2: what the budget told, can handle, what Jesse just <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we can I just can do it right And now. I told
4: Karen before we started recording, I was like, I'm talking to an NBA player today and we're going to sit on the interview. I want to do it. It's going to be awesome. He's talking faith. I don't know. We're going to sit right, on okay. We'll see. But, you know, it's good to have stuff like this in the hopper. You never know. Let's just yeah.
2: buzz up Steve Carter. Let's just get him on the horn. Get him in here with us. And, and Sam, call it a show. And Sam,
4: Sam. Yeah, Sam, right now, the Bears coming into the NFL season are projected, uh Are they like the favorite, uh, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. So we'll see, you know. I yeah. can't help but think his years on that podcast inspired football glory this year. For the I
0: don't Bowl. understand. Okay, help me explain. I don't watch the NFL and I no. don't watch baseball. Yeah, okay. okay. So I'm okay. like, so I... Every once in a while, it'll pass through my awareness, and mm-hmm. and like I was in the car the other day, and it was like some guy got traded from the worst team in the ML, uh, MLB to the best team, and it was like the worst team, Kansas City Royals, and I was like, I thought they were in the suit, like the World Series just a couple years ago, and then and then you're talking about the Bears, the Bears were like a league doormat for so long and now they're a Super Bowl favorite. Like how in the world does a team go so quickly up and down in these leagues? Because the NBA, it doesn't happen like that. No, it doesn't. Well, you, well, I, yeah,
4: the NBA, the NBA. I mean, it's rare unless you get like a generational talent, like a a LeBron or something that can elevate a, a franchise. But that's incredibly rare. With the NFL in particular, the um the, the 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 lifespan of players, the average player, the average career in the NFL is three years. So the turnaround for a whole roster. Is pretty quick compared to other sports, you know, especially so. Like if you change the front
0: office or the coaches within two years, you could you know, with a new strategy, exactly. you could absolutely transform a franchise. It, it, you know, completely. like
4: you know the, the Bears last year. If it wasn't for that infamous double doink uh, in you know the NFC playoffs, they oh yeah, they the could, double
0: doink, yeah, they yeah. could have been, they so been uh,
4: you know in, in conceivably in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but uh, you look at a team like uh, the Jaguar, like Jack. Jacksonville, they bring in a head of football operations and Tom Coughlin, who came from the Giants, who aren't good right now, but they won two Super Bowls under Coughlin. And all of a sudden, the Jaguars go from league doormat to the best defense in the league. And now also potentially one of the favorites. So the NFL can turn around really fast. And baseball is all about money. If people are willing to spend money, they can get a good team. It's pretty much as simple as that. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so crazy to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why this guy like a, like someone like a, a Bryce Harper, you know, can command what he gets because he really basically can pull the entire team. He can take the entire organization all the way to the end with his ability.
4: Yeah. Wow. I got one more sports hot take before we move on. And that's and this is something that any even if you're just a marginal sports fan can appreciate. I think to get more people like you guys are. Here's a perfect example. You guys are excited about college football. You know, I know uh, Cameron yeah. doesn't really care too much about like baseball and there's probably sports you don't care about, but you have ones that you really like. So here's my idea to solve it. It's called Boom. Crossover Weekend, and it's a giant weekend tournament ah. where players from one sport play another in tournament style. So all of totally. a sudden you got NFL guys playing basketball, you got basketball players playing baseball. It's a one weekend tournament where athletes are playing sports that they're not pros in. The whole country would watch. Everyone would love it. It's and basically a- MTV's Rock and Jock.
0: Yeah. Well, that would be fun to watch. You know what else is going to be fun to watch, Jesse? Is I have a note here. That's Big right. news in the world of sports. Big. Annie F. Downs is now playing indoor soccer. That's right. That's indoor right. Dominating. Dominating. Soccer. dominating.
2: I am oh. back right. to my soccer playing ways of my youth.
3: What uh tell us about the journey. What position are you
2: <laughs> The journey. <laughs> That all's still well I'm a defender I'm not a forward so yeah. I am uh, the soccer. Sweeter. Yeah no.
4: yeah okay let me yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you something Annie. <laughs> Annie, <laughs> Annie, <laughs> let me well, let me give you a piece of advice as someone who uh my high school yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. even have a men's soccer team but uh so my understanding from my understanding of the game and how I would approach it is completely positionless like when people say what position oh. you play I look them dead in the eyes I say all of them I'm all over the field <laughs> slide <laughs> Tackling. I'm taking I got the greenest of green lights when I play sports. I'm taking yeah, shots yeah, yeah, from yeah. midfield if I want. Right. My teammate, right. their job is to support me because of my natural athleticism. It's raw. Uh-huh. It's un, I'm an uncut diamond, but their job is just to contain it. Contain the power.
1: Okay. That's what I would tell my team Annie. That's what
4: I suggest okay. you do. I play so one wait, game. Wait, hold on, on. The way
0: you play soccer, Jesse, is mm-hmm. that you're in the middle of the field. That's right. <laughs> and your teammates are essentially Perimeter. the bumpers on the edges That's, of the yeah. bowling lane. Correct. And, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to just fling it at full force and then it's going to ricochet off those bumpers, but eventually it will get where it's wanting to go.
4: That's right. When, my, when people say, what position uh, do you play? I say, wherever the ball is. OK, I'm,
2: <laughs> you play like every five year old. I know. Yeah, he it just yeah. runs to the soccer exactly. ball. <laughs> and just when
4: with with Five ball year olds yeah. actually have fun when they play. Not like adults <laughs> who take it too serious. I'm out there. You just. have fun with, when you play soccer? No, I played one indoor game and it was I was I don't I don't want to play soccer. I, I you know, here's the thing. My hands are so good at. Things and uh, are so <laughs> coordinated with instruments, years Sorry. of honing close up magic and sleight of hand skills. What's sure. happened is it's like when one sense gets too strong, the other one sort of diminish, you know, if you don't take extra care of them. Right. My feet coordination have somehow diminished because my hands are that good at things. Right. And oh, so right. when trying to control the ball, it's, it's more of a power game. So I got, I was at an indoor soccer game. My wife was playing in a league. And their goalie couldn't make the game. And they're like, all right, well, we need someone to play goalie. And I'm in street clothes in this just like wearing jeans. No. And and they're like, hey, we need a goalie here. (laughs) So I was like, oh sure. I mean, honestly, how hard could this be? Then in Andor, the net is tiny. It's like a hockey net. It's like
2: I can just and stand like there. A, I can just stand co-ed there. It's a co team, right? It's not a woman's no, team. No, it's, it's a co
4: team. team. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was a women's team. I went to the locker room, I put a wig on, and I went out there <laughs> and I stood in the net. And I was like, honestly, how hard could it be? I can just like extend my arms and and and, and put my fingers out and I'm covering like eighty percent of the net here. Like yeah. I'm about to shut this team down. This is gonna be unbelievable. Yeah. I had in the first like six minutes eight goals scored on me and they pulled me and just said, We're gonna put <laughs> oh. you out in the field. Just run <laughs> around trying to hurt anybody. Someone else has <laughs> oh, to play goals. This is so terrible. Funny. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was it's un- hard, right? I mean, you got you got three people running at you. One of them has the ball. It's like, I don't know where you're gonna kick it. I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> it's a terrible sport. It's a stupid, terrible sport. I don't know so, why uh, the world
0: loves it so much. No,
2: I'm having a great time. It's What's
0: not. your story? Like, why are you, how, what, when, where, and I, how do we buy tickets?
2: Uh, I just really love it. I just really mm. love soccer. And so I wanted to play again. I grew up playing. I played my whole life. I played until college and going to college, I got injured at the end of my senior year and then lost the opportunities in college that I had. And so I just didn't play again. And I have just been doing some life assessing gentlemen and was thinking through what I, what, what brings me the most joy. And I have a very simple, loving relationship with soccer. (laughs) I love I watch it every weekend. I I'm a huge fan of the national soccer club. I am like, I go to games all the time. I mean, Wednesday night I went and ate dinner at the game and watched the game as like my after work Wednesday thing, you know? and uh, and so I just decided it was time to start playing again oh, okay. I wonder
3: how much life assessment I would have to do yeah. to get me on a soccer field
2: what yeah what <laughs>
0: tell us more about the life assessment yeah thing what are you doing
1: no <laughs> no
4: so, no, all right, good. So is there like, because I'm picturing like, Do you a, respect that, Eddie? I, I picture yeah, Annie like, like, a like, No, thanks. What, what's the equivalent to my fantasy football war room? Which is a room in my house with note cards uh-huh. everywhere, yes. red yarn, pictures of players, <laughs> stats, you know, and I spend most of my time there. Is this what you're doing with your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have yeah, yeah. like, So
2: instead of pictures of players, I have a picture of me every year. And and,
4: and friends, you probably have a big picture of me to say this guy's yeah, got yeah, it yeah, all together. Sure. I want to model after right. him. Yeah. He's a power player out in the field. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. what's gotta, he doing, you, what's he like doing that there. i can do you know is that yeah, yeah, is yeah, that kind of right. how it is yeah exactly what yeah. no
2: i just started i mean i just started thinking about how i mean it's something we all do in little chunks of our lives all the time of just thinking about what matters most to us and what brings us the most joy and how are we what is god doing in our lives and i just soccer has been spinning around in my head for a while of playing again and Uh, I have a couple of other things I do to work out during the week that I like and, but nothing that I love, love, love. And I love soccer. Mm. So I was like, well, that's a good way to bring in a little more exercise into my week and, uh, do something that I really, really love. Mm.
3: Oh, totally. I get it. Like just the idea of introducing pure fun, things that aren't practical, yeah. like no matter yes. how hard you try, you're not going to be a professional soccer player. No. So you can just have fun with it. That's like right. it's, it's not there a job. There is no
2: end goal here. There, no. Except a goal. Oh, I mean, nailed there's it. no, there's no I was, I was not like, you're not doing it
0: right the if there's no end goal here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: there's just no, there's no like right. before and after. Of this. This is just me playing soccer again. I mean, listen, if
4: a, if, if a team yeah. happened to walk in and see me play and want to offer me some sort of professional contract, would sure. I listen? Sure. Sure. Is that yeah. the end goal? <laughs> I mean, I think about it. Am I but- open
2: to Megan Rapino or any of the other U.S. women, <laughs> right. national team women watching and calling me and asking me to join in as a 30-something sure. player? Why yeah, not? of course. Not?
4: I mean, it could happen. Anything could happen. That's
2: not the goal. That's just the blessing that happens. when I, you
4: re- I remember as a kid doing like one of these life assessments, like, what should I do? To bring myself a What's a hobby I can pick up and you know just improve my life and just have something to look forward to? And I was like, I'm gonna do model cars. That seems pretty cool. I bought one oh, yeah, model car one. and started putting it together. I'm like, this is terrible. This is the worst hobby ever. That. I would rather do nothing. I would rather sit in a dark room and just stare blankly into the void than sit here and just okay, so, to so assemble what are y'all's
2: hobbies? Because that really, I mean, that is the word, Jesse, that I've been using internally and to my in my war room has been. I don't have any hobbies, and yeah. so what? What do you guys do for your hobbies?
3: Yeah, I have a couple of like purely fun things. Okay. Like I like do what? like just watching baseball. I like yeah, and watch and so that's like a lazy one, but it's like a quick and easy, and it's on all the time. I like to do. I always have sort of a craft wood project going outside. So I'm always like building a table or building ah, okay. something like that. And they're never like, of course, they're nothing I'd ever like sell or make a business. It's just like I'm happy to be doing it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, playing Xbox with my homies sometimes. Oh, yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> right. The ones you right. text me so about on it accident. up on the, on the
3: old Fortnite, you know? Well, Is it's super it? dumb, and I love it so much. Yeah. No. I have a nine-year-old who would want to play with you if you ever want to play. How uh, good is he at Call of, du- Call of Duty? No, he doesn't play Call
4: of Duty. You should play. get him into that. It would <laughs> nah, totally traumatize
3: him, but we would have
2: a good time. But you're together. like, but we've got a real it's, spot it's, for him it's, over it's here. Realistic, it's Coulthard. realistic. It's
4: realistic, gratuitous violence, but, uh, you know, it yeah, really enhances we, the first we, person. We've got shooting. three
3: of us in our squad. We need a fourth. And for all the people so, that are listening, no, it cannot be you. Uh, <laughs>
1: you
3: not gonna, I'm not
4: going <laughs> to tell you my I'm saving this I, spot
2: for Cohen. And here's the thing.
3: Cohen wouldn't even be the youngest one in Eddie's squad, his Call of Duty squad right now. So. It's uh, no, it's children. a 10-year-old. A, uh, uh, no, that joke got weird. Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, I should have just left it with you. I didn't need to yes and you. I could have just gone with it. Yeah,
4: some jokes you just, you know, again, I'm a power just player. I like, strike right to the heart of the goal, Eddie. Just, right. just keep right. me
1: in keep me in balance. Right. That's your job here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Like you have yeah, to drive yeah. to a place to do a thing with people it's and you so come fun. back and I'm you're I'm not sweaty. kidding you, Cameron.
2: My first time playing again, I almost cried at the end because I was like, I have not had this much like genuine fun in a very long time.
3: Yeah, did you say you cried?
2: I almost cried.
0: Because of the I fun? I felt it
2: in me. There's no I just crying was like...
4: in soccer.
0: I'm sorry. See, that was a
4: reference class.
2: You even there. made a baseball joke. Yeah, Cameron, yeah, did, baseball didn't ball. you
4: almost a couple years ago? I remember getting in your, I was, I was, I was down in Florida and we're going somewhere after work and we got in your car and there was a softball bat in the back seat.
1: I was like, what is oh, this about? What? And
4: you were considering taking up softball for like a very brief time. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember that? No. I
3: feel like I heard about this. No.
4: I don't ever recall that. <laughs> no. You someone had invited <laughs> you to a, you, I remember this. Chandler, do you remember this? No, I don't. No. someone um, invited you to like a church softball oh, team and you're oh, yeah, like, you yeah, know yeah. what? I'm going to give it a shot. It sounds pretty cool. Oh, I was like, oh, no, you know listen, what? Church listen. softball does sound awesome. You know what? So it wasn't. You remember that yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: Okay. I do. I do. It was a very brief memory. <laughs> uh, I was going to a new church. I was getting super plugged in yeah. and, and a lot of the guys enjoyed baseball and stuff. And so they started, they did a church softball team and signed me up. Like, yeah. just you're doing it with uh, us. Okay. The problem was, Carlos Pena and a couple of X MLB guys were on the team <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. and the league That's when was funny.
0: the league was That's very, so cool. very intense. Yeah. And I came out for the first game and gave my jersey back after the game because I did not enjoy <laughs> oh. myself, though oh, I did bats. get on base two out of three at bats, but still did not enjoy the intensity. Yeah. Everybody's like just on edge and, blah, blah, and this is like them reliving their varsity, you know, peak. And yeah. like, no, they're, no, no. Uh, it was horrible. I was yeah. like, guys,
3: I want, I want a softball team from like an '80s movie where it's just like some normal fat guys <laughs> in not matching shirts
4: yeah. standing
3: around, and they're just These kind guys of were, you know they're bonking one over to second right. or down. <laughs> you know, and the, and
4: then the, the, the jocks from the camp across the lake come over to play, and the, you know they bully yeah. you, and you know, but the ragtag middle-aged guys yeah. end up taking it to them.
1: It know? was like yeah. literally like
0: guys. Call the, themselves the world the is, the is a big place. Life is bigger than this. You don't need to be so wrapped up in this. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was too intense for these guys and it was like, nah.
3: we weren't having fun. You just want to
0: like swing swing the bat around a little bit, you know, run the
3: bases and see what you can do.
0: Is that what Annie, Annie, is that, is the vibe of your thing is just fun or is it like people doing like, are they there intensely?
2: Everybody's having fun. A couple of my girlfriends, we're all going to do the same indoor team (laughs) and so it's all fun. It's just like, (laughs) but you know, it's kind of interesting. I I think this is interesting when you get to our, when you get to like post 25, it's a little bit harder to find team play yeah, because there aren't a lot of like, for me, a lot of my peers are moms. Y'all have moms to your children. You get it. Mm -hmm. And, and not a lot of moms are playing indoor soccer anymore, but I've got some friends who are moms who are playing some indoor soccer and some other single girls. So we're going to live it out. Can I tell one
4: quick softball story? Of course when I was in high school, we would occasionally we, we we would do like dumb pranks and we decided it'd be really fun to like mess up a, an adult league soccer or softball game for people we didn't know for no reason. And oh we, we 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 like we're going to film it. So we had a guy, a friend of ours that we had found it, it, it started because at the thrift store we found like an old the oldest weirdest baseball uniform you've ever seen. Right. Like it was super tight with like a weird logo from a team you've never heard of and my friend bought it and then we're like okay you should wear that to like a church league women's softball game and be on the stands with like a clipboard you know like keeping track and like shouting and and being just like the world's biggest softball fan like just some weirdo in a baseball uniform and then you should storm the field at one point on a non-controversial call and start just getting in the umpire's face and get thrown out of the game like you see in the movies like kicking dirt and the whole thing calls scene and it'll be hilarious
1: right and he was like okay that will
4: be really funny like people will be like why is this person what? Storming the field arguing with the umpire. You know, people are gonna love it. It'll be hilarious. Great, I <laughs> great joke. I don't think it would be. I don't okay, go ahead. Well, Finish so, your story. so <laughs> so we're like, oh dude, this is so hilarious. You know, we got the clipboard and everything. You know, I think we got I think we gave him a whistle. I you know, like he was dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Out. And so we like pulled up to, and we knew where they played softball. But we didn't do any recon. It wasn't really that sophisticated. Oh, you descul- know, so we so we go to the softball game and Cameron, it was like your league. They were the biggest dude. <laughs> I have ever seen in my life playing that really? softball game. Never. A- every one of those rec- con. <laughs> every one of those guys was two thirty pure muscle. Like they were <laughs> oh, not the, big like fat oh, guys. My, like, this big, was like, like a semi pro softball yeah. league. Okay, oh, no. I mean right. they were wearing all matching like jerseys with like real sponsors on them. Okay, oh, yeah. like massive, massive people that were taking the game very, Versus. very seriously. And yeah. we're like, Eric, dude, it, you're too deep, man. You can't not go through with it now. What? (laughs) Yeah.
1: No way. And so (laughs) So, I I just call
4: abort, abort mission. We're not doing it. We're like, no, it's too funny not to do. So uh, he's like, you know, in the stands and people are kind of giving him a weird look because we didn't sit near him. We, you know, there, and there was like a decent (laughs) amount of people in these bleachers. You didn't sit near him. No, because we're like, you have to, you have to project like you're just some weirdo that showed up to the game and are for some reason really into the stats of this thing and no no one knows you. So he's like shouting like,
1: eh,
0: hey,
4: like, and no one is shouting. No one in the stands oh is shouting. God. And he is, just, and like, people are like moving further further away, but he's doing like the little, <laughs> the little, <laughs> we, we want a pitcher, not a belly, and we're you know, like, who is this maniac? <laughs> and we're like, all right, you know, we're, you know, we're all waiting on the other side oh. of the field. Like, okay, at any point, he's going to storm the field here. You know, like oh, and so no. uh, like I, I could tell he was getting nervous about going yeah. in and like because he get there's a legitimate chance he get beat up by very yeah. large men who also have bats. Right. You,
0: you can't overthink it. Yeah. Also, because they're um, very they're serious about this. Don't matter. Who's this idiot messing up
4: our game? They're yeah. going yeah, yeah, to yeah. confront yeah. the guy. So so at one point, this guy like dings like a long foul ball, like out of the <laughs> out of the field of play. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so my friend jumps out of the bleachers you <laughs> Starts blowing his whistle and starts running for it full sprint. Okay. Every guy on the, f- I, no. Annie, this is true. The video of this exists somewhere. I gotta ask my brother if he has it somewhere because uh, so my friend is blowing a whistle, running down the bleachers like out of the way, out of the way! And he's running full sprint to go retrieve this foul ball. He goes and grabs the foul ball every, this point, the game is stopped and everyone is just looking at the spectacle. He goes to go return the ball. He goes and to- jump the fence to get on the field, trips and falls, biffs it right there. His clipboard flies oh out. Gosh. He picks up oh the no. ball and he goes to throw it back to the ump and overthrows the ump by a mile oh and, no. and, chucks, oh no. it it, and chucks it out the other side. he's just got adrenaline pacing. He chucks it out the other side of the field. He grabs his whistle and starts blowing it and starts sprinting out the other side of the field to go get it. I have never laughed more harder and I've oh never no. been more afraid in my life. Because after he returned the ball, he full sprinted back to the car and we just drove away and never returned. It was <laughs> there, you know. There it, is
0: zero chance that we would have been friends in high school. Zero.
2: Oh no. <laughs> zero same, chance. same.
0: I.
4: Yeah. You You did so many dumb things. It, that uh, was all we did was something. That Okay, Annie dumb things were my soccer. Like, I need, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I need done a little quality your of life here. I'm going to do weird, yeah. weird right. stuff that is going right. to, you know, it'll pay off, you know, 15 years from that moment. I get to tell the story on <laughs> a podcast because honestly, up to now, I hadn't really remembered it because we did so much weird That's
2: stuff. Right.
3: Your whole life has been preparing for this podcast run.
4: Exactly. I mean, that's
2: that's the thing, Jesse, is that you have stories like that just in your life that you've forgotten those
3: and I
4: don't
2: forget that level of a story in my life.
4: That was just no that was just Tuesday night in high school. Like, all right, what other weird <laughs> thing are we gonna go do? Oh, well. Well,
0: we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to Jeremy and Audrey Roloff, the
2: Oh my gosh, I love them so much.
0: Yes, they are podcast I hosts. They're former reality stars from the show Little People Big World. World, uh, and now they're Instagram influencers with almost two million followers. Uh, they're, they're they're joining us to talk about their new book, A Love Letter Life. A Love Letter Life.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was actually really impressed with the interview with them. You know, they are they got married on reality TV, and it was like a big cable event. Annie, I'm sure you yeah, watched. Haven't it was like a big... haven't we all?
2: I was not friends with them at that point, so I did not watch it. But I have watched clips of it since then. Yeah,
4: but they, you know, they I like it because they have a book that's like and they and they've actually are have founded an organization called Beating Fifty Percent that uh supplies young couples with relationship resources and they have a new book about relationships, but I like it because they're not necessarily positioning themselves as the experts, but using their platform and their story as a way for people to be vulnerable and honest and tell their own relationship stories and kind of learn to get, you know, community, community and mentorship and counseling is like a big part of their story and a big part of what we talked about. So I I kind of like that they're doing that approach. And that's kind of uh, what we, what we talked about coming up. Annie,
0: you kind of name dropped like, Oh, I wasn't friends with them yet. I have a question. Who's your most famous friend?
2: You Cameron Strang.
0: Other than your wicked
3: Broadway star, who's your most famous friend?
0: This
2: like, is a super weird question. Like how do you true, determine how famous someone is?
3: Usually, I would get you out of this, but I'm also curious.
1: Like actual friend, like
3: you hang out more than twice a year.
0: Yeah. Like actual friend, and and not hang out because they're doing a podcast recording, or like right. yeah, you yeah. can do
3: a joke text and not have to be like, hey, what's up? How like you can just yeah. like you know do a quick like yeah. buddy yeah. text friend.
2: I don't like this question at all. I don't know because I don't because some people would say the four of us are famous and their moms have no idea who we are.
4: Yeah, and so nobody's fame saying is that in the eye nobody, of the holder. Jesse, no. camera. I don't have that. a good
2: answer to that. I have a lot of friends who have public public who, lives. Who what famous person of has most has-
4: mom? Go. Okay. Which,
2: okay. All right. who, has, who has the most famous dad? What's the most Which famous of your friends? Sean and We're scrolling your through
4: your phone. <laughs> what's yeah. the
3: name that we get to that we're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, how
4: about this? What's I, the most I, famous I, person you have in your phone? Go, Annie. <laughs> oh, Just there you go. You,
2: Jesse. I'm not doing this, you guys.
4: No, I, yeah. I, I, feel, I friend, feel a little weird about doing it, too. I had
0: a friend who I asked this question to, like, who's the most famous person in your phone? Madonna. Wow. Oh, that's oh, a wild wow. one.
2: That wins. And I was like,
0: I was like, uh, how? And he told me the story like he's
3: now friends with Madonna. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's one of those other level stars, even though like her career isn't quite like, you know, the craziest thing right now. She still Uh is in the pantheon of very, very rare. Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah. That would be a surprise. If I had Madonna's phone number, I would tell you. Yeah, (laughs) I will tell you there's like a 50 50 chance. And I really mean 50 50. So that 50 positive is really exciting. There's a 50-50 chance I meet I get to meet Dolly Parton next month.
1: Oh wow. Oh no, wow. that's cool. Wow.
4: Thank Why? Her. How? For what reason? I'll, she be, I'll be stalking outside of her home. And the way i she do the is odds. on my indoor team. <laughs> she usually goes to the gym at this time. So 50-50, <laughs> I will see her.
2: Yeah, uh. yeah, Depending on if she keeps going on Tuesdays like she normally does.
3: How do you get to meet Dolly?
2: Um there is a uh, podcast possible opportunity.
3: Wow. Well. Oh, that's very cool. Well, wow. cool.
2: I do 50, 50, I, 50, 50, 50, 50, I have a lot. am not of, sure it's going to happen. We're not sure everybody's into it. It's 50, 50. So the day that I have Dolly Parton in my phone, I'm shouting that junk from the rooftop. See, see,
4: I have like a lot of just like the, the people that are like in our, our, our circle who my only relationship with them is professional, you know, like, right. you know, so like I, I, I may have like someone like from that we've interviewed that i'll need their number to in order to coordinate times and stuff but it's not like we we like text or anything and i remember one time i was like calling my buddy uh his my buddy from college named rob and i like called him up and um the voicemail was like hey this is rob bell thanks for calling just leave me a message i'll call you back and i was like i'm so glad he didn't answer because that would have been really weird because i'm like rob what's up man and like, I don't think I would have. Not, I would have realized it's not my buddy Rob, but I wouldn't have realized it's Rob Bell, and I'm and I would just try to play it off, like yeah, going through yeah, yeah. my head of like which Rob that I actually call, while right. while Rob Bell is like, yeah. why is this person calling me? So you would have shut down. I have a couple of those that I get nervous about accidentally like pocket yeah. dialing or something at some point, you know. Well, right.
0: You and Ira Glass, have become chummy. We have. Yeah, that's it good started one. out yeah. as a professional thing. I'm not talking about those, Andy. Yeah. I want to know. Friend, most famous friend, like like the text of like a joke text with no introduction.
2: Yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I don't Eddie, know.
3: <laughs> I'm, I have never been more disappointed. If I had anybody that would impress anyone, I would be just spilling the beans all over the place right yeah, now. No, I know mean, you
2: would, except that wouldn't make them your friend, I, I, Eddie. This should make
4: you sound. That, this is what I, they bet, gotta I, I bet that. you could
3: text Tony Hale
4: because when I was talking <gasps> to him, that's right,
2: Eddie. I, you talk we talked to Tony him recently,
4: Hale. and, and uh, you know, me and him were chit chatting uh, because I've talked to him in the past, and you know, we're not like chummy, but we're kind of you know, he he yeah. lived in my area for a while so we're kind of talking about local places we, yeah. you know, we like to hang hanging all that and I was like by the way I, I think you've done stuff with IJM you know I'm I know this guy Eddie there he's a buddy of mine and he's like, oh, Eddie's great. I was just texting with Eddie, actually. I was like, okay. Yes. So
1: Eddie's texting yeah. with yeah, Eddie's to Tony Hill. Good, Harry, to, like know. Good yeah, to
3: know. Good oh, to know. Best bros who I've never yeah, met in person. But yeah, we'll do a joke yeah. text. We'll do a joke text. That's cool. Do
2: you ever just go like this?
4: Do you ever text him and go, hey, brother? Just thinking about yeah, you. Yeah, I was about
2: <laughs> say, he's a blues. I can't is, text a blues. It is
3: everything in my soul not to make that joke every single time I talk to him.
0: Has he ever sent you a a GIF of himself. <laughs>
1: <Like the laughs> like that's how you answer. know you're
3: really famous is when you really can send send one of yourself. You can serve yourself and find so
0: many yeah there's so many options. Told. He could have a whole conversation with you as himself yeah. in
3: GIF right. form. Yeah. Uh, but I will say the most obnoxious person of any notoriety that I do know that gets me the most uh, attention ever, and I bet that this is the same with you all, is Annie F. Downs. I'm oh, in I'm in Ghana. In like doing some real intense storytelling and two women who I had met maybe two days earlier, they're like, "Okay, we have to ask you, are you like actually friends with Annie? (laughs) Yes. Can we all take a picture and you send it to her and tell her how awesome we think she is? yes and annie probably and over the did. last year i've done that what three times because people <laughs> yeah. are like here's what we know about you you know annie and yeah. that has been <laughs> I, I would say that's it probably all <laughs> for all three of the guys on this show that's our best calling card yeah yeah
1: <laughs> very true very true
0: all right we'll moving the show along stay tuned up next it's the hot list Listening to dinner time, the song is "You Love Me." I know. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard "Walla" with Lanes. Okay, it's time for.
1: It's the hottest. The hottest.
4: It's sizzling. I mean,
1: it is <laughs> just it's like hot. It's, so much. it's
4: sizzling still makes me laugh every time. It's hot in the uh-huh. right and wrong
3: ways. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I... it is very hot. <laughs> It's sultry. Sultry is the word. Sultry. Yes. Coming in number
0: five this week on the hot list. uh, Well, it came news this week. Like the the news became news this week. Snopes and uh, Christian satire site the Babylon Bee are beefing over their fact-checking policies. Oh, so, so stupid.
2: This Keep is a little going. inside yeah.
0: baseball media m- media edition. So the fact-checking site Snopes is engaged in a dispute with the conservative satire site, the Babylon Bee. I like that clarification, Jesse. It's no longer a Christian satire site. Yeah. It's a conservative satire site.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, well, and that's partly <laughs> they,
0: why they this have, story, they have drifted, this, drifted far from what they yeah, started. Because as. this
4: story, actually, as of today, I was putting yeah. as I was kind of putting finishing touches on this today. Uh, this story is now picked up by The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times and The Washington Post. Uh, because of and
2: the hot list yeah I know
4: the sizzling
0: version (laughs) the The top
2: of the top of them all it's on the the hot
0: list the Babylon Bee started out as a Christian culture satire site and you know they'd have like you know make fun of hip worship leaders and stuff like that and now it's just a whole bunch of conservative news and kind
4: of like everything else in the Christian world it's just all about politics now and a lot of it is really cringy like it's really bad bad, yeah Yeah. yeah. you know I do not like them they're more Moral and, and ethical and social compass is skewed far one way, and it's not true north. So, yeah. uh, you know. Well, Adam Ford, who founded
0: and then later sold the Babylon Bee, has actually been critical of Snopes and last month posted an extended thread on Twitter criticizing them for fact checking stories like the one with the headline, Georgia lawmaker claims Chick-fil-A employee told her to go back to her country, later clarifies he actually said, my pleasure. In a piece, oh. uh, in a piece critical of the story, Snopes wrote, "The Babylon Bee has managed to confuse readers with its brand of satire in the past. This particular story was especially puzzling for some readers. However, as it closely mirrored the events of a genuine news story, with the big exception of the website's changing the location, the Babylon Bee's brand of." Uh, Satire is derivative of of like the Onion and stuff like that, um, which are it's like absurd news stories written in like AP style and meant to look like an actual newspaper. Well, this week, Snopes shared a piece headlined "Study: Too Many People Think Satirical News Is Real." which claimed that many of the stories that fooled real people on the internet were satirical. It says, quote, Americans are worried about their ability to distinguish between what's true and what isn't. And think made up news is a significant problem facing the country. Uh, they surveyed 800 Americans to see if they would believe claims made in satirical online stories. From their study, satirical articles like those found on the Babylon Bee frequently showed up in our survey, it said. Uh, in fact, stories published by the Bee were among the most shared, factually inaccurate content in almost every survey we conducted. You know, on one survey, the Babylon Bee had articles related relating to five different falsehoods. They singled out Jeez. the uh, Babylon Bee story titled... Elon, uh Omar, if Israel is so innocent, then why do they insist on being Jews? Oh, that was the headline from oh, the beat. Oh, uh, the intro to that story reads, when Israel responded with airstrikes to over 600 rockets fired at them from Gaza, many defended this as a justified act of defense. Representative Omar lashed out against this view, saying on Twitter about Israel, if they're so innocent, why are they Jews? That, that gives you a Ka- taste of how... Yeah, just, yeah. this used to be a... This, they used to make fun of Christian worship leaders, you know, faux
4: hawks, and yeah. now this is what and they're like. And like a water slide yeah. at Stephen Furtick's baptismal tank. Like, right, you know, right, right. we get the target, yeah. but they're, a lot of times now, they're really punching down. You know, like it's one thing making lighthearted jokes about people with big platforms it's another thing to right. you know make fun of uh, you know the individuals that are often on the victim side of current event stories
0: uh, in a statement Kyle Mann the current editor-in-chief of the B uh, said from their view we're just pretenders using the label satire to our advantage so we can hoodwink the masses it's really extraordinary especially since we've acknowledged in private communication, or they've acknowledged in private communication with us that there is a clear distinction between our satire and intentionally misleading fake news. In response to the controversy, Snopes has now unveiled a new rating for content called labeled satire, which, quote, indicates that a claim is derived from content described by its creator and or the wider audience as satire. This is an interesting thing, especially coming to the political season, this labeling thing, because Instagram last week announced... That they're introducing a new feature that if somebody on Instagram shares misleading or false news, that followers can tag it as such, and by tag or by tagging it/slash reporting it as it false news, then uh, it teaches Instagram's algorithm to be able to identify the, mm. that content and remove it from the platform. And oh, obviously, oh, Facebook owns Instagram, so yep. Facebook right. probably Good. will have some version of that as well. So this whole like. Labeling content as real or not real is probably something that's going to be part of
4: our reality. Yeah, but, but even that to a degree has its risk and flaws because some people will just, just no, news the they news. don't like, we'll just call yeah, it fake news. Right. I mean, we posted something earlier part. this week. That honestly was pretty much just an objective reporting of absurd things that a certain very powerful person had said. And the headline reflected, you know, what, what had been said. And people, someone in the comment was like, that's fake news. That's, this is what, this is what their White House is always talking about. He never said those things. This is fake news. And people in the thread just screenshotted pictures of Twitter, from,
1: you know, of
4: like <laughs> <Right>. the actual <laughs> things being said. Oh, and the person deleted their comment, true. right? Like, yeah. because they're like, okay, well, this, yeah. I can't just say it's fake news. If obviously they're, I, they're screenshotting direct quotes that I can go look at on Twitter, yeah. but that's the danger of just giving it to the masses because some people right. will, will just call news they don't like fake news or they'll say, oh, this that's is right. spin or it's like "This is direct quotes, man, that we live in crazy times. And like, yeah, I don't envy I don't envy platforms that are having to. Regulate the madness, but I, I I don't know what the right solution is, but it does seem like Snopes is trying to prevent people from believing stories that are, were never meant to be true. And for the yeah. On Bee to get upset about it, it seems to me to be, you know, pretty misguided. Yeah. I
2: mean, who here is surprised that Babylon B is doing something short-sighted and misguided? I feel like that should be their subtitle. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. i you so to
2: not into them. Ten,
3: I <laughs> used to like really get the joke when it started. I, I, why, I got why, one you, for them,
0: 10% Why are you not funny. into them? Have they been taking on some of your famous friends? Yeah. Honestly. Oh.
2: Yeah. I don't like how they talk about people that I know because I Which think ones? they... Who? I think they sacrifice uh, genuine people on the altar of thinking they're funny and most of the time... I have not found Babylon B to be funny. So if what they said about people, anybody, people I know or don't know was funny, I'd give them a, I'd give them a break. But usually what they say is not funny and they steal people's jokes. I mean, they're very, y'all are going to get me going. No, they're they're, they're not, they're not original. They take other people's jokes and make them into their things. And you go like, wait, didn't John Chris just make that video? And now you're acting like y'all just did that. Or didn't, didn't so-and-so just already do that thing. And and Babylon B takes other people's stuff and reworks it, and makes it their own, and it's not interesting well, to me.
4: I mean, they're taking the the entire like construct of the onion, like the onion right, right. invented writing jokes in AP style. You know, where, know. it's like, right.
0: hey, let, they're doing that great. Let's do that, but
3: do a Christian version. Yeah. And now they're not even doing a Christian version. They're
0: just
4: that's right.
3: Yeah, you know, I you know I I find myself less o- like more okay with. I mean, I have a long history of trying to be funny and it not working. You know, I also understand like they are using a form of satire that the Onion invented. I just don't like it when they get mean. It feels like there's just I can I can understand missing the mark with humor or it just seems like sometimes it just gets like mean to people. And that feels like that just like throws out some sort of group thought that we just do not need more of. That's where I, I don't understand Babylon
4: yeah anyhow
3: have you texted any of those friends of yours Annie and made jokes with them about it yes
4: I accidentally ooh, I accidentally ooh, called Rob Bell friend. I accidentally
3: called Rob Bell and had a <laughs> convo with him
4: about it
2: <laughs> 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 I left a voicemail for Rob Bell about it that's the famous as it got
4: for me <laughs> 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 he texted back new number who dis so I don't know I don't know if the message was sent but I feel like I did my part <laughs> Annie, do you have
0: famous friends that are so famous that they change their number regularly oh, yeah. throughout the year? And yes. Th- and then do they
3: text you and tell
0: you what the new? Do is? you get the updated number, or do yes. you find yourself te- Oh wow! Oh, now just whisper who it is. Like who is that? No, because that's another level. Because <laughs> yeah. Dolly's not rocking the same you know cell though, number. I did for see 20 someone years. the other day.
2: I was with another friend, and she got a text, and it said new. Phone number from the person. It said new, like if it was me, yeah. new Annie phone number. As it was like new Annie, and I was like, oh, I don't have a new Annie. Yeah, like, <laughs> that friend didn't send me their new number, yeah. but that happens. Y'all gotta remember, I live in Nashville. That happens a lot with people in our town, where where they change their numbers or their business manager buys their houses, so it's not on. Record, I mean, that is very normal
4: here. Yeah, I, I do. Listen, mm-hmm. I do the same yeah. thing. I Mine's for budgetary reasons. I've been just using 7 Eleven burner phones for the last six yeah. months. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I got a whole box of old ones if you guys want any. Some of those numbers have been connected to some things. So I'm just warning Jesse you. Now, but, a, uh, I hear every well, I Friday
3: get it. I get a text, new number.
4: <laughs> worry, but it's page. actually Dana because
3: Jesse doesn't buy the texting feature. So Dana has to yeah, just be like, most <laughs> of
4: them, right. most of the texts come in on an old pager and it takes me about eight minutes to read each one. Because they just right, kind of slowly right. make their way across the screen, but you know, I'm saving, <laughs> I'm saving nearly twelve dollars uh, every two months, and so you know, yeah, every little, every great. little Dave Ramsey thing, you know, I got a little envelope for it, mm-hmm. and so it's you know,
1: getting there. <laughs> you getting keep there. your phone. That, was a, that dig- was a very hot I'm list. I'm digging myself very out hot. of a
4: pretty big hole right now, and trust me, every little bit helps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> every <normal> phone matters. <laughs> pretty deep, big hole. So.
0: We here we are here we're trying to figure out which ones of annie's friends have multiple numbers
3: throughout the year hmm i'm mean, gonna on B and, see if, and start saying names and we'll just see if her face twitches <laughs>
2: keep, just keep going number four on the hot list number four on the hot list <laughs> Not uh, interesting. the
0: new single from social club misfits deals with doubt the duo released a song this week called believe and they said on twitter this song is for anyone struggling with their faith you don't Want a catchy phrase or a quote, you want a real answer from a from God. Don't lose hope. In the song, the opening wrestle with doubt, questions, and faith. Rapping, Jesus, you know all the nights that I cried and fell apart on the inside and wondered if I believe. Somehow you listen to all my questions. Remind me that it'll all work out as long as I believe. Here's a clip. Yeah,
1: yeah do you still yeah. believe uh, and what you
5: cannot see? Yeah, I don't God is watching me but it's kind of harder to see yeah yeah i'm done with the overthinking mm. if it don't happen i'ma be just fine yeah this is not a cover mission nope <laughs> i'm not gonna hide do i am anymore god can you tell me what you're doing i'm surprised
0: I'm i like social club fight. misfits i hope they get huge huge yeah. huge they are, yeah i um, like them too days and, and days. i like
4: this forum for wrestling with doubt Like not what? Not Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's an it's an artistic way where they can thoughtfully, you know, present commentary on doubt. You know, like if you listen to the song, the whole thing is about wrestling, but it's not done in a way that seems sort of, you know, I don't want to say haphazard, but it seems like there's real thought into the delivery and the artistic integrity of it in a way that's going to engage people um that doesn't leave you kind of with that like i don't know that 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 feeling of uh you know not knowing how to respond it's like oh this is a piece of art i can engage with but they're still being honest you know
0: yeah absolutely
4: coming in number three this week on the hot list uh big news for uh one of our favorite
0: comedians nate bargazzi. he's been here on the oh, yeah. show uh we've covered him in the magazine he's one of our favorite comedians And uh, it's official not only that he's getting his own show or he's there. He's shooting a sitcom pilot for for ABC based on his life. Yeah. Okay. So get this, though. This week, it was announced that the parents on the show are going to be the parents from that 70s show.
2: What? Yeah. Kitty and Red Foreman. The same parents?
0: Yes. Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith, the actors who played Kitty and Red Foreman on the show, are reuniting for the sitcom pilot for ABC about the real life of stand-up comedian Nate Bragazzi. Jared Carmichael, uh, which you might remember from The Carmichael Show and yeah. other things, um, he's one of the show's executive producers. Um, So Deadline said, based on the life and comedy of Nate Bargatze, the series follows Nate and his wife, Laura, who choose to move from California to Nate's native Tennessee, where his parents, played by Rupp and Smith, still live to raise their six-year-old daughter. They find the pursuit of a simple life to be much more. Mm. Uh, Nate recently released his breakout Netflix special, The Tennessee Kid, and uh, he told us at the time that... He grew up going to church in Tennessee, and after years on the comedy circuit in cities like Chicago and New York, he moved back to Nashville to raise his family. He said, in Tennessee, everybody's a Christian. You can look outside your car and be like, all these people go to church. You don't meet people that don't. So Chicago was the first time that I ever met people that either weren't religious or didn't believe in God. Uh, He said, even though he's become a big name in the world of stand-up, he still remains close to his roots and his parents. Uh, he told us uh, a lot of people that I was around weren't Christians and didn't grow up in the church or anything. Sometimes guys can go away from that, but it just made me get more into it because I just thought, why do you think you're right? I've always said, I trust my parents more than I trust anybody else I ever met. Yeah. I I think that's an interesting perspective on why he believes what he believes. He's like, he's encountering somebody who's a non-believer. Yeah. and He's like, well, yeah. what, what makes you right? My parents told me that this is right, and I believe them. Yeah, and he's like, I, I know funny. my
4: parents are good people. They're from that 70s show. And so, how could they be lying to me? The, the, the one thing about it, what do you guys think of the cast? I mean, I love the concept of the show. Like, it, it sort of had, and I know when we talked to Nate, you know, he was a big fan of crashing uh, of Pete Holmes' show, you, you know, which obviously faith and kind of relationships around faith were a big part of. And I know, like, he and Gerard Carmichael's done similar things with with conversations about faith and relationships. But I, what do you guys think about the casting of the parents for the from the duo from that 70s show?
0: The first thing I thought is do you remember I know he can't utter his name anymore, but do you remember like after the Cosby show, like 10, 15 mm-hmm. years later Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad reunited as a married couple on a CBS sitcom and no. he was a working class guy, blah, blah, blah. It was weird because yeah. that's Claire and Phil or Claire and Heathcliff Huxtable. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It was, just, yeah, 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 it was yeah, weird. Yeah. And then like the same thing happened with Kevin James and uh, Tiona. Leo, R- R- Leah Leona, Tio- Yeah, Yeah, Leah Remini. Yeah. yeah, they 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 were on a different show, but they're the...
3: I don't know. I I will say, though, that guy, Kurtwood Smith, he's a really good character actor. I I haven't seen is it Deborah Jo Rupp. I haven't seen her as much and stuff, but he's like a really good actor. So I think that they'll as long as they play different characters, they weren't like as primary on the show that it'll like wreck it. I think it'll be like, oh yeah, I remember them together. But if you're familiar
4: with Nate's comedy, his dad in particular is like a very big part of a lot of his stories right. because his dad yeah. is, was like a Christian magician who would do magic yeah, that's and weave right. like, you know, kind of evangelistic things into the magic. And for some of his specials, like, I mean, one of them is called getting yell, yelled at by a clown where he talks about how weird it is because his dad was also a clown for a time when his yeah. dad would come home from work in, clown makeup and then yell at him for doing something stupid around the house and how jarring it is to have someone in clown makeup yell at you and punish you and, and, but i mean yeah. like all that to say is like i feel like man they, i, I kind of wish they had gotten a more like uh you know notable comedic actor for the father but i you know I, i'm i'm eager to watch it either way
2: yeah. Yeah. i think it'll be really interesting and i my mm, i've never planned a tv show but my imagination tells me that it kind of, you kind of need stars like that when Nate Bragazzi isn't as well known yeah. on TV like that. Yeah. That you've got to have some names. Some anchor. But it is weird to see the same set of parents doing two di- parenting two different families. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 That's yeah, what's yeah. weird about it. It's like we all know them as the parents of, cer- of a certain family.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but it, it'll be set in about the same time period, right?
4: Yeah. As far as I know, I don't think it's like in the 70s. It's like, I think it's contemporary. <laughs> right. You know? Oh, is
2: it? It's now. It's why he's gonna. They're gonna be his adult parents. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nate's playing Nate. Yeah, it's it's like Seinfeld. Yeah. Speaking of Seinfeld, another parent that did this, Jerry Stiller played Frank Costanza on Seinfeld at the same time he was playing Arthur Spooner on King (laughs) of Queens. Yeah, that's That's right. And I actually
4: think, and as much as I love Seinfeld and Cameron, I'm interested in your take on this because I know you've watched a lot of both shows. I think he's funnier as Arthur. Like he carried that show. He carried King of Queens at times. Really? Yeah, but it's still Jerry Stiller, you know. Yeah, what I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but
0: for yeah, some, yeah, yeah, but yeah. for some reason, it right? worked on both shows. You know, yeah. like you believed them in both characters. So maybe this will work. My thing with that '70s show is, I growing up, one of the most formative movies to me, one of my favorite movies, impacted my life was Dead Poet Society, and Red Foreman was the horrible dad that drove his son to suicide in that oh, in that wow, movie. Yeah,
2: yeah and then, that's exactly right. And then
0: five, 10 years later, like, oh, there he is. He's just like kind of a blah, 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 kind of hard-edged dad. And I'm going, yeah. he's a horrible person. You know, yeah. like I could yeah. not see him as that iconic character, you know?
4: That's kind of... Cameron, <laughs> when we were at Lollapalooza, I ran into someone, and I don't know it really matters. I'll just not say their name, but that uh, who who had been yeah, on pull our cover. Pulling Annie and just... Yeah, he, he had been on our cover years ago in a band, you know, and we I, I were chit-chatting yeah, and yeah. catching up. And he was like, you know, he's like, I still have that cover. He's like, the reason I appreciate the cover of that magazine so much, you guys did a great story and everything. He's like, that was the only, th- that's the first time my parents were cool with me being a musician. They're like, oh, well, he's on the cover of a magazine. So this has to be, this has to work out. I mean, <laughs> he was like, it, it let my parents funny. get off my back about being a musician. I was like, well, at least we could do that for you. You know, that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs> that is yeah. funny.
0: All right. Coming to number two this week, uh, pastors rejoice Matrix 4 (laughs) is coming to Ah, replenish your sermon analogy supply. (laughs) Connor Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss have signed on for Matrix 4 with uh, Lana Wachowski back to write and direct. Um, The originals were directed by siblings Lana and Lily Wachowski. A fourth installment has long been rumored and recently even Michael B. Jordan was in Talks to Star. However, given the current uh, Kianizance, is that how we want to pronounce it? the Kianizance. Kianizance. Uh, And the massive success of the recent John Wick 3, they ended up going back with the original Neo. Uh, In a statement, uh, Lana said, many of the ideas Lily and I explored 20 years ago about our reality are even more relevant now. I'm very happy to have these characters back in my life and grateful for another
4: chance to work with my brilliant friends. What do we think about this? I'm honestly for it because I feel like Okay, so the, the the first Matrix was a, a really important movie, just like in the the game changer. Yeah, it was a game. You know, you had visually you had Bullet Time. They they wrestled with a lot of really interesting ideas that even that 20 years later are just as interesting as they were then and more prescient in a lot of ways. Um, You know, there are people now who spend a lot of their lives living in sort of virtual worlds, Not obviously not to the degree that they are in the matrix, but a lot of, you know, that's actually to a degree a a lesser technologically advanced and obviously there's no, you know, nefarious AI controlling people behind the scenes. But that impulse to live a better, easier life virtually has become like a real impulse that 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 people uh, deal with. I feel like the 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 second two uh were rushed because of the success of the first one and so they were more reliant on action sequences and visuals and they were really about advancing the story or really wrestling with the same level of complexity of ideas. So now that two decades have gone by since the first one release and we and the issues that they're wrestling with are are you know so far advanced you know, I, I can kind of see this as like an, an uh, almost like an action movie, Black Mirror, you know, where it's projected hmm. a little bit to, into the future.
2: Do love Black Mirror.
4: Well, you really do. Man. Well,
2: I, I we haven't talked about mm. it in a while.
4: And I, I'm not saying I'm not saying every episode is great, but I think they've done a great job at wrestling with the, the moral complexities of living in the modern digital age that we do. And the, the unintended consequences of our technological advancement. So I'm interested to see if it kind of goes in that direction. But I think it's a good thing. What do you
3: guys think? Oh, I thought those movies were so boring. I don't
2: know. Yeah, same, same. I did not like those <laughs> movies at all. So I do not care.
3: <laughs> I, I was like, what are these nerds talking about math and like dodging bullets? And I don't know. Eddie, I'm good.
2: For sure. I'm like, that is not $15 <laughs> I'm going to spend at <laughs> the movie theater.
3: No way. You just
2: saved have. me $15 of my life. I, my, I didn't my, like
3: one, two, or three. I get the value of them, but I was like, this is all just the, 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 I did not like these movies. So I could care less. I remember seeing one and
0: and loved, I really liked one. Yeah. Saw two yeah. was like, did we need two? And I didn't even bother with three. Yeah. So I won't bother with four either. I think no. it's just been there, yeah. done that. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. Jesse, you'll just have to tell us how Fine. it goes. Fine. I'll be
4: at the midnight show, dressed in black, skin-tight black leather all by myself. And <laughs> like I <will> always. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like always.
4: That's where I hang yeah. out at night. I get in my skin-tight black leather and just wander around the movie theater parking lot. Uh, and, and your cool, like, 90s
3: black glasses, whatever those were called. Yeah, I don't know what they waiting for are, Dolly but...
4: Parton to show up. She should be here any minute now. And i uh, got to put her yeah. number in my phone. So there yeah. we go. <laughs>
3: there we
4: go.
0: 50-50 chance. Dolly's going to hit the late show again. Uh, uh, by 50,
4: 50, my calculations. 50-50. By, by my calculations I'm bound to run into her one of these nights. So I think
3: by my I think I feel like I have a 50/50 chance of seeing Dolly Parton <laughs> next month, right? Don't we all okay. at this point? It's either it got to happen or it's not. And yeah. My
4: understanding is where I she don't is.
2: disagree with any of you. That's totally fine. <laughs> I'm just saying
4: I think your
3: chances are better than
2: 50/50. They are.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I put my mine are more minor more 30 ish at this point because
3: I've spent a lot of nights at that movie theater and the odds are just
1: getting better every <laughs> night.
3: <laughs> are you going to just how hard will it be not to just start like humming Jolene as soon as you see her um, and just hope that she pops on and sings a little bit of it?
2: It makes me want you know what I actually want to do. If I did one really insane thing like that, it would be learning the Kenny Rogers part of Islands in the Stream and asking her to sing it with me because currently I always sing the Dolly part.
3: Oh, yeah. Like yeah, for karaoke
0: be, night and stuff like that? Part. Like karaoke Real. night every yeah, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 50s yeah. 50. Hot
2: list. Keep it going.
0: Coming in number one this week, Tori Kelly and The Late Show's John Batiste played a stirring cover of Amazing Grace on the show this week. Uh, she stopped by to promote her new album, Inspired by True Events. And while she was there, she joined Late Show musical director John Batiste for a stirring unrehearsed rendition of the hymn Amazing Grace. She's uh, best known for her pop songs, Tori Kelly is, but she grew up performing in the church and last year released
3: a gospel album. And for that nationwide commercial. I feel like I have never seen anybody more in a commercial than her in that (laughs) commercial.
0: Nationwide. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a lovely commercial. Yeah. I, I bought that Nationwide that?
4: because of that. I was like, I, Nationwide, I'm not even sure what your product is. You, I'm going to give you my I credit card me. number, and you just give me what you think I need, Nationwide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so your
0: credit cards, you know this new Apple card came out. Have you been hearing what they've been saying about the about Apple the card? They're like, the oh, by, oh, by the, by yeah. the way... Don't put it in a leather wallet because it'll get permanently stained. Don't put it in your jean pocket because denim will stain it as well. And also don't put it against other plastic credit cards because they'll scratch it up.
2: Gee whiz. What do you have to carry in a baggie?
3: Yeah, glass (laughs) enclosure.
2: (laughs) A
0: baggie. That's it. I I literally was wondering, like, how are you supposed to transport it? It's a baggie. That's it.
2: put it. They have a partnership with Ziploc. You're about to see it come out. I'm calling Uh, it right now. I have.
4: I'll put it in the same place where I carry my cash, which is jammed into my sock. And uh, when people, when the cashier asks, why is this cash all wet? I'll say, none of your beeswax. (laughs) And I'll need my change, please. And then I watch every them. And then I watch tell. them jam the change back into my sock, and I go, "That's <laughs> why it's all wet." And then I leave. And then I'm like, actually, can you get a receipt for that. That's a business
1: expense.
3: That's it's a work expense.
4: <laughs> Literally, oh one out
2: of every ten stories you tell reminds us that you live in Virginia. And that's <laughs> it. Cash in your sock. Is it such a ridiculous It's very
4: secure. When Jesse very walks secure. A Every, I've been mugged numerous times and they it's never like found rich. it there, Annie. They've never found it there. Now they will.
2: Yeah. 50-50 chance now, Jesse.
4: Uh, in an interview with uh, Relevant last year,
0: Tori Kelly discussed fame and how her faith still informs her life and career. She said, Jesus loved people perfectly and he served other people. And I think that's what it's really about, trying to put other people first especially in an industry that puts you first as a person who's kind of front and center on stage. It's easy for everyone else to come around that and put you on this pedestal. But for me, my challenge is to constantly try and not be on that pedestal and instead say, no, it's not about me. It's not about me and try to focus as much as I can on other people. It's what Annie does every day. It's a real struggle for her not being hard.
1: hard. It's hard for me.
4: That's how I feel on the soccer field. I mean, it's all about me. It's all about me, all about me. And I'm like, you guys are right. I'm carrying the steam now. Shape up or ship out.
1: <laughs> it's, my, it's, my, it's my pregame
4: pep talk every game. Shape up or ship out is your big pregame pep talk? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's I've, why you
2: only made it one game in eight minutes. Listen, that I right? cycle through a
4: lot of teammates, but a lot of people just don't have the mental toughness <sighs> that I'm looking for. So too bad. So sad.
0: So Tori continued. She said, it's hard. It's a daily challenge and a daily prayer, too, to wake up and just be like, God, I need your help today. Help me to not think about myself today, but to just think about you and other people. I think that's really all I can do. Here's a clip of her unrehearsed rendition of "Amazing Grace" with John
1: Batiste. Like me, I once was. But now I'm found She's an okay singer. <laughs> Was blind But
4: I'll say this: If there was ever
3: Nationwide such thing, if there was ever, such
4: thing as a Christian Las Vegas nightlife lounge, that song would be played. Yeah. But did you not feel like you could just put on a satin robe and you know, just a satin your, robe? Yeah. Why you don't go to a Las Vegas lounge and wear a robe over
3: my? And jacket. who hasn't rehearsed? Who hasn't rehearsed "Amazing Grace"? I mean, I know they weren't sitting down together, but it's like you know, we've sung it. I yeah. think she was good. She's I, very good. But if someone talented.
4: put me, like, honestly, if someone was like, hey, I'm going to play the piano, you sing Amazing Grace, I think I would get the lyrics probably 60%. percent That's us see. Oh, yeah. I
3: Especially w- when you get into the deep verses. Yeah. It yeah. uh-huh. was
4: yeah. once I had
1: a Like.
4: Him or me? Here, I can't remember. Grace born, has found.
3: Born, born
4: in the there's on the
3: sparrow. Uh, yeah, and then
4: yeah, the you just are <laughs> <started. laughs>
3: Baby Jesus, etc. Ancient, Ancient of
1: days, <laughs> blessing and honor, everyone. All the just, men, just here.
4: only the men's
3: voices here.
4: <laughs> All honor. <laughs>
1: <order. laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> unrehearsed unrehearsed what do you want what do you want from we got me? it. I'm losing them I'm, I'm, I'm losing them I gotta get all the men involved at least all honor humble myself
1: in the sight of the lord
4: oh, honor in the... now the ladies see we got <laughs> him back John no thanks to you <laughs> your boring little
1: you know twinkling the keys
4: aren't doing anything okay everyone's falling asleep
3: here get the women involved can you text Tori Kelly Annie?
2: I don't know.
3: Oh, Not burn. right now. Oh, you could bear. No. Totally no, our okay. friend. We're right, totally uncovering this. That'll do it for.
1: It's the hot
6: list, the hot list.
1: It's Sicily.
0: Stay tuned. Up next, Jeremy and Audrey Roloff join us. Listening to Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, "Islands in the Stream." You can hear you can hear the Annie Downs part. Well, today's show is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. We love hearing the stories of lives that have been changed by their unique model of healthcare sharing uh, versus health insurance. Um, and Jesse got the chance to talk to one of their members, and here's their story.
4: Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter million Christians that care for one another's needs, from broken bones to cancer to pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. One of those people is Kelsey. She's 27 years old and is currently undergoing treatment for breast cancer. She's also had a mastectomy and has gone through radiation and is currently finishing up her chemo treatments. I recently spoke to Kelsey about what it's like receiving support from the Samaritans community through her battle with cancer.
7: It's like nothing that I've ever experienced in terms of um, being able to hear from people across the country who I've never met before. I remember one day during chemo, I was really discouraged, just like not even understanding why this was something that I was having to walk through. And I received an electronic share notification. So an email came through. Um, and it was from this couple. I don't even know where they're from in the United States. I didn't look it up, but uh, their names were Rodney and Liz. And they had sent me a verse out of Second Corinthians about how, um, you know, we shouldn't lose heart because although our outward bodies are wasting away, we are being renewed day by day. And the hope that we have in knowing that we'll be seeing Jesus and we'll have a renewed body then. And um, it like, just came at such a perfect moment that it was an amazing encouragement and just knowing that people are going above and beyond because they truly care for you, um, that's been a huge encouragement as I've just been kind of continuing treatment day by day.
4: What would you say to someone who wants to try Samaritans but is maybe a little nervous because in their mind it's sort of a non-traditional approach to healthcare?
7: I think any worries or concerns that I would have had about is this going to work have been totally put to ease, having actually walked through it. Um, I mean, the process of receiving a bill from a provider and then getting that to Samaritan Ministries and receiving the shares has been seamless. None of it's been difficult for me, um, and I've been able to actually get like fair prices with providers. Being a non-traditional um, patient when it comes to what kind of health care I have. And so I would just say to, you know, give it a chance and to trust in the Lord that He's able to provide for us at Samaritan Ministries is one of the ways that that provision can come. It's been amazing to see what the Lord is doing through this process, not just for me, but for my friends and family too. And Samaritan has definitely been part of that.
4: If you would like to learn more about how you can be a part of this ministry helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant.
0: Jeremy and Audrey Roloff are the former stars of the reality series, Little People, Big World. They host the podcast Behind the Scenes. They have nearly 2 million Instagram followers, and they are the authors of the new New York Times bestselling book, A Love Letter Life. They also are the yeah. founders of, the organiz- of an organization which provides relationship resources to young couples. They um, have a lot of free time on their hands, apparently.
4: Good <laughs> Lord, they do a lot. <laughs> yeah. They crazy. do a lot. They're busy. And they're friends, friends with we, Annie, we, too. Annie, do you have they them have on some. your phone? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. They're that level. Could you text oh, them a joke? Them? Annie, could you text them a joke right now?
2: Jesse, you talk to them. Tell us what y'all said. Okay,
4: fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Good to fuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I did really enjoy talking to them because you know part of their mission, like what I was saying earlier, is to like you know they obviously, as we just read, have a big platform and they want to use it not to like necessarily position themselves as like the end all be all experts, but to show people there's power in everyone's story and there's power in sharing stories, especially when it comes to relationships. Here's how they explained it.
5: Well, first of all, we you know, we Audra and I we had a, a pretty interesting dating relationship. And um a lot of people found themselves connecting with it and uh we just found ourselves in a position to be able to, you know, write a book and we felt like we had a story to tell. We believe everyone's capable and qualified to tell their own story. So we decided to do that and um really we have a heart for relationships and we believe relationships hold the power to interpret how you experience life. And so we want to pursue a healthy, um, a healthy one. And so we want, wanted to write it to encourage others to do the same.
4: Yeah. I, I really like that idea though, that everyone is capable and qualified to tell their own story, you know, and, and not, you know, project too much, you know, uh, uh, other stuff on it other than just like, Hey, I hope someone gets something from what I've experienced, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they also, uh, you know, they're both relatively young, you know, um, and they grew up in the church. And one of the things that, you know, w- and we've addressed this on the site over the years and, um, in, in relationship articles that we've run is really m- dispelling some of the misconceptions that I feel like people that grew up in the I live, uh, you know, I, uh, kiss dating goodbye era you know, kind of fell under where there was a lot of uh, misconceptions that the Christians believed. And also a lot of labels that were just unhealthy. And part of the thing is they wanted to k- kind of help dispel some of them. Here's how they explained it.
5: Well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions specifically in the Christian circle is the idea of the one. Hmm. Um, I think that the one is the person you marry <laughs> So whoever you marry, they become the one, and the one isn't something necessarily we find it's something we discover mm. in someone. Um, and I think in the Christian world, like, yeah, there should be pressure on who you marry, but we cannot we can sometimes put almost too much pressure on it. Um, because there's no such thing as the one. It's always gonna be a difficult road because marriage is essentially the process of, you know, less of becoming less, you know. And so that's a that's a tough road, and uh, and so that that's probably the big misconception I would say. Babe, do you have one?
6: I would just add to that. I think specifically, since you asked specifically in the Christian space, I would say a lot of our Christian peers at that time, when we were entering into the dating season in college, late high school, people just put a lot of pressure on dating. And I think one of the things Jeremy and I really try to get across in the book is just building a friendship and not putting the pressure of a quote unquote dating label, which has so many different meanings now for our generation, like what dating even is by definition. But I think just the pressure that comes with the label of going on dates or are we dating or are we not dating and and having to define that at some point you need to. But I think in the beginning, it's good to just Be friends and build a friendship.
4: Yeah,
0: I really like. What do you What do you think about what they said about finding the one?
2: I think that's really interesting. I like the idea of uh, discovering versus finding. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you
3: think, babe? I'm talking to (laughs) Jesse. Thanks,
4: babe. Um, Uh, (laughs) I really like what they said about the labels too. I do think that's important, babes. Yeah, (laughs) Annie. What do you think about? I hate this show, babe. Annie, babe. (laughs) What do you think about dating? I
2: do what Cameron
4: who's
0: the most famous person you've dated oh
2: gosh I haven't that's not true
4: no that's she's true. not lying she's lying it's, it was probably funny for DC. <laughs> John, B- John Batiste from the late show and did, <laughs> that's right. they did duets every every day every day that was their dating okay uh <laughs> pivoting babes um we're
3: really we're really treating this material with great reference yeah to i know they
4: thankfully they're good humored people we had some laughs on yeah. the code um yeah. so but one thing the, the other thing too is like bringing like humility into the conversation and saying like you know it doesn't matter uh necessarily how like uh, famous or plugged into a church or something someone is, but you can't negate the importance of mentorship and talking to people who have real experience and have been there before and seeking out relationships that can speak into yours when times get tough. Here's how they explain. Here's how they uh, discuss it.
5: The one thing that I kind of want to say about building a healthy marriage or whatever a relationship, you know, first of all, uh, we're still figuring out, but um, people say there's no such thing as shortcuts in life. And I disagree. There's absolutely shortcuts in life. And they come from people that have been there and done that. Mm. And so mentorship is, yeah. is for us a really big... People that are older than us that we can ask questions, talk to, meet with, and just discuss problems with uh, will save you so much time and heartache. It's probably the greatest tool um, for a healthy any. Anything really, let alone relationship or marriage.
4: Yeah, I, 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 that's something that I like. The older I've got, not just with relationship stuff, but like the older I've got in life, is seeking people who have been there before and can serve as some sort of like in some sort of mentorship capacity is incredibly valuable. And I even like how he said it in the beginning. It's not like we have it all figured out. That's why you need to share your story, be a part of community and mentorship. Annie, what were your thoughts on on that advice?
2: Yeah, I love that. I, I love that idea that the shortcut is having mentors. That's one of the things that I ha- really respect about Jeremy and Audrey is how they have all these people plugged into their lives that speak into their life. And I can accidentally not do that very well and only let it be like my counselor yeah. and my peers, you know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah.
3: I also, I appreciate the, like it's a nuanced view of mentorship because sometimes we view those people as like, we almost like deify them. Like I want to be you. So if I can just hang out with you, you you know, I can be like you, but they're just saying, like, I actually want to hear their mistakes and faults. Yeah. Like, I want to hear the realness of the things that they've been to. And I, th- I think that's a really healthy way to view mentorship is just a real honest conversation about the road that they have traveled. And I think yeah. that puts people in in right position. Yeah. You know what I mean, babe?
4: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, babe. Um, final clip uh, along those lines is, they, uh, you know, speaking. Uh, but along those lines, you know, they, they did talk about like the value of counseling, not, you know, especially in the early days. Um, but asking really hard questions and setting yourself up for success in marriage, babe, um, is really important. And maybe if you did more hard work, babe, I wouldn't have to uh, text you and CC Jeremy and Aubrey so much, babe. Uh, oh, my mentors. No. Um,
2: Our mentors.
4: Uh, okay. So they talked about the important. <laughs> right I'm sorry. This this, this clip it, it, I'm sorry. It, it I, took I, me I'm a few sorry. podcasts, but then I knew I'm it was sorry. you. This clip has a has a <laughs> tiny audio hiccup right at the end, but she says Enneagram, if you're wondering. Okay, just play the clip, Chandler, get me out of this. I'm in a deep hole.
6: I think for us that was something that we really wanted to be super intentional about. Our pre counselors really helped us in that journey and set us up with some good questions that we could be asking each other before going into marriage so that we weren't dragging baggage into our marriage that could have been addressed before we got married. And so we did have a lot of hard conversations before we got married. And we talk very honestly about that in our book, the season of engagement for us was not bliss. It was really hard. Um, But I think that being said, we were willing to go through what we call in the book, the illumination of the past, kind of just, you know, our family history different communication styles, knowing each other's Enneagram numbers and love languages, you know, talking about things that we're struggling with and having some of those harder or bigger conversations before we got married. So then when we did get married, our first year of marriage was actually really amazing. (laughs) And although we were learning each other and had struggles and challenges, I think we were set up so much better for success in that first year um, because of just having had those conversations when we were engaged.
0: Annie, in case the one is out there listening right now, what's Mm -hmm. your love language? Boy, this is a wild
4: show. What's, Listen, what's your question? We, we've, burned, your we've already, already said, burned a bridge with two said, very delightful what? people who are <laughs> very that? successful and that Annie's said, friends with. So thanks, you. I'm about to it. be the third. I said,
0: what's your love language? No, you're not. In case anybody's listening. Yeah, what's your love language?
2: Uh, words of affirmation.
0: Oh. Yeah. yeah I, okay, that's okay. a very good one. Good yeah. answer, Annie.
4: Thanks. Annie, you're Thank totally you, right. Cameron. And I appreciate how well you said that. And I appreciate yeah.
3: you. You're very good
4: at I podcasting. Affirm, and <laughs> allow these words to affirm oh, God. how
3: patient you <laughs> are. You're very were. good at almost meeting Dolly Parton.
4: Well, that
0: was Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. Make sure to check out their new book, best-selling book, <laughs> A Love Letter Life. And uh, listen to their podcast. It's called Behind the Scenes. And follow them on Instagram. They're doing a lot. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, a short version of Ask the Cast. What's up?
8: to think the church is a haven for the hurting. But what happens when it's not? The passion behind the Me Too and Church Too movements show no signs of relenting. As more stories of abuse and secrecy within the church unfold, it's clear that this is not yesterday's problem or a Hollywood problem. This is our problem. And survivors are speaking up. Author and advocate Mary DeMuth is using her voice to dare the church to listen. DeMuth's new book, We Too, unpacks the church's historical response to sexual violence and provides a healthy framework for a new way forward. We Too urges the church to become what it should be, a place of security instead of shame. We all know someone affected by sexual abuse. It's time to listen, act, and help find the road to healing. Visit we we2book.com for information and resources. That's you.
0: to Miley Cyrus. It's her new single Slide Away about divorce and the loss of a relationship. So I thought it was a good song right after that segment. That's horrible. Uh, it's time for Spicing up this segment. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys um, hit, hit us up on Twitter as as we usually do on our Friday show. Uh On Tuesday, we ask you a question. On Friday, you ask us questions. So it's time for Ask the Cast. Um, You guys went over to at Relevant Podcast on Twitter. And here are some of the questions that caught our eye. Uh, Dave asks... Do you have
4: more mother or father <laughs> issues?
1: Oh, no, you already did.
4: Here, <laughs> Lord, I have uh, uh, my issue mainly is with John Mark McMillan's father. So, uh, <laughs> who, else, who else can go? Um, <laughs> sorry, that's, Taylor, that's a reference for I try not to ref back reference, but it's from last week. It's a joke. Yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: Jeff says uh, my wedding is tomorrow. Hey, congratulations, <gasps> Jeff.
2: Jeff. How do how do I you make it the one you discovered her?
3: Well, he doesn't know no. yet. He won't know until they're married
1: for the
0: while. Yeah, she becomes the one. Uh, once he married her, she is the one. That's, I yeah, think, tomorrow shows, she's right? the one. Yeah. So he says, my wedding is tomorrow. How do I make it the most memorable wedding for
3: everyone who else who will be in attendance? Well, I think we both all have a lot of ideas, but I would say certainly show up pretty late just to get those hearts racing, <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: and have a
4: plant. Here's, here, you know, I don't even know if they do this at weddings anymore, but I in the movies they did. But like, mm-hmm. would they, they give an opportunity to the crowd to be like, if anyone would have any objection to this, this, this man and this woman becoming husband and wife? You remember when they used to do that and open the floor to like allow people to like express it? No one, no wedding I've ever been to, no one's actually stood up and. Said anything? Here's no.
2: Here's what me y- either. Y-
4: you know what I'm saying? But you've been there with
2: they. But act- I get nervous every time. Thank you.
4: You want to mm-hmm. give something they would never forget. Everyone will remember the wedding where that someone stood up and had. And here's what Jeff, <laughs> you're going to be the hero today. Okay, yeah. you're going to have a plant like an old buddy of yours. He's gonna go, and he'll be in disguise, obviously, pretty elaborate. So you'll need to get working on the fake facial hair right now. And he will stand up, and he goes, "I object! I love this woman. This man, Jeff, is no husband for her." And as he like comes walking to the stage to to take your spot, being married, you get in yeah. a fist fight in front of everyone, like a hockey hockey style. Like you take his tuxedo jacket and put it over his head, and lop him in the stomach a couple times, and then you throw him out of the ch- church like Uncle Phil doing a DJ Jazzy Jeff. And the whole place will go, yeah, Jeff. And they hoist you up on the shoulders and they carry you back up. And it's, ju- it's
0: just a great scene. Everyone will love you it for You all that
1: in your head. Annie, or, what do you think? it'll it's
0: good. just be like your friend who <laughs> nervously was trying to storm the baseball game. And mm. it didn't quite go nah, as planned. They, these things
2: usually <laughs> go
4: as planned. Annie, what do you think of my plan? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I think both, both of what you guys suggested it's are nightmares. Good. So it's well done. Pretty good. <laughs> Do the opposite of that, future groom. Do the opposite of that. What's his name?
4: Jeff. He's getting married
2: tomorrow. Jeff, 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 Jeff. First He's of all,
4: congratulations. I would
3: also seriously think about what you're committing to up there, and I would maybe make some edits to the vows. I would <laughs> subtract a few things. I would add in a few disclaimers. I just feel like you don't really want to promise before yeah. your family and God you're not, some of that You're junk. not always going to put the toilet seat down, Jeff. Yeah. Just strike right. that yeah. from the- Even just like some financial basics- Enough. you're going to be fine
4: i'm in a tremendous amount of debt and i want the church and my bride for the first time to hear it here today <laughs> 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 and i will say this the debt is to the wrong kind of people and I'm quite <laughs> nervous. And so Matthew. We're
1: going
3: need to change our name and move out to Arizona. I can't get into all of it, but I'm so sorry. I've also hey, witnessed baby. some
4: horrible crimes that uh, I'll be in the witness protection program. So hey, Jeff, baby.
3: please send, tweet us a picture Mazel so top. we know that you Mazel are lying. To talk yeah, yeah everyone. Jeff, tweet top. us a
2: picture.
0: Yeah. All right, babe. Uh, next question. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matthew says, during a prayer circle, mm-hmm. which cast member is more likely to attempt interlocking fingers with the person next
3: to them? Oh, that's oh, 100% me. Oh yeah, but you're doing it <laughs> out of like caring, right?
2: Oh, I mean, what's it look like?
3: It's a oh. love language. Oh. It's a love hey, language. I,
4: you know what I, I do? It. You know what I always do? Hot list is I always act <gasps> like. I always act like I have to sneeze when I'm holding their hand and, like, Ew. pull their hand up with my hand to cover my mouth. I'm like, oh, of course you oh, do. Oh, oh.
1: And it's watching, like,
4: they're, they're, they're violently jerking their hand away. I'm like, stop, because the scene. And I'm like, oh, oh, and
1: where it's their hand right in front. Of I'm like, stop it. Stop it. I'm going to see. I'm allergic. We're going to
3: The art of making someone laugh during prayer is really specific because it can't be like, hey, let's all get together and whatever, and then you do the interlocking because at that point they have a chance it's you got to get into it and you got to right. wait till someone's praying something that is just like, Whoa, this would be absurd to interrupt it. And then right. you just gently reach for those digits and you <laughs> interlock in that You're moment and don't let go. And they can't do it. I always, well,
4: I know people are going to do that to me. So I go, I, my fingers, when they are all four together, I mean, it's a kung fu master grip that no one's breaking. That's why I've done Never. the sneeze thing because the people are ready for
1: that.
0: For yeah. Bethany says, my son asked, why do kangaroos have pouches? She said, I told him, but he
4: wants to hear it from you.
1: Oh. Evolution and
4: intelligent design. <laughs> well, the, the correct answer is you don't know the answer. You are a liar because no one knows. The world's greatest scientists have never cracked this yeah. one. Bethany. No one's so... ever even seen
3: a kangaroo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We're not even sure. They still I exist. don't know.
2: I actually don't know why. I mean, I know that a baby's in there. Yeah, it's
4: a
3: marsupial. They have. They're
2: uh,
4: supposed to you know. keep
3: stuff. Yeah. 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 They like milk them and things. Yeah. They, they have like milk and toys and stuff. Yeah. They, it's where they hide their uh, weaponry for <laughs> street fights. Caleb says,
0: uh, <laughs> their Apple.
4: Uh, tomorrow
0: card. I'm going to a college fair to help recruit students for my youth group.
4: How do I make them come? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Tell him like, Hey, you know, Hey, yeah. Amy Schumer's performing tonight. Oh, what on campus? Really? And then you get there and she's not here. And anyone who believed is a sinner and believe and needs to be anyone here. Anyone who knows
2: her name. <laughs> <laughs> needs-
4: you're obviously that person that needs to be
3: here. So welcome. Take a seat.
4: Uh, that's where you're going to be sitting for the next two and a half hours. So get
3: comfy. Yeah. Get comfy. I'd, I'd hand out drinks. I mean, just let's start mixed cocktails and say, yeah. it's going to be a different kind of scenario here. Come <laughs> and enjoy. And they'll be in, you'll get all the college kids.
4: Yeah. That's, from what I understand, that's what they do in the movies, and it always seems to work, you know, just yeah, yeah, have yeah. like a crazy Good yard, get a right get a crazy price. row house right in the middle of, you know, you yeah. uh, frat center or whatever, just like in the movies, put on a toga, <laughs> frat and center, put on a toga, get some Dixie and just start waving <laughs> them into the Bible study. They will come. They will come. That's how these do- things work.
3: Uh, And I would also suggest a long, long, meandering version of uh, Amazing Grace just in the middle of a quad there.
0: (laughs) With a djembe and a guitar. That's it.
3: Um, Okay. These two are kind of related because they're
0: home questions. Beth asks, I'm about to close on my first house. Congrats, Beth. Uh, What's the number one thing I should know about becoming a homeowner? And then also, Chris said... I've recently moved into a new neighborhood. What are some things I can do to assert dominance among my neighbors? I feel like they're both kind of I feel like she answered Chris's answers.
4: question because the first thing you do as a homo is assert dominance in the entire neighborhood. I mean, are we on <laughs> right. the same page?
3: And the way you do that is that you install an, a concreted, like completely immovable yard of the month sign into the middle of your yard so that everyone just knows
1: <laughs> Yard
3: of the Month is here to stay and no one can touch it. Yard of the it. Month and, is
2: a thing oh yeah, in neighborhoods? Oh, yeah. The
3: yeah, Green oh Thumb yeah. Award.
4: Oh,
2: that's so dumb. Oh, yeah.
3: My old Yard it of the Mile Neighborhood used to be month?
4: shaped like a green thumb. And they, you know, yeah. whoever had
3: the best... House of the... But then you continue adding signs. House of the Month, <laughs> Family of the Month, you know, Halloween Candy of the Month, and no one can get those signs. And everybody that's just knows... so
2: weird that neighborhoods how, do that. Now no, weak is,
3: they are. Yeah, This is interesting. Hey,
0: babe, this is interesting. Leo says... If you could, get, I have never thought of this before. This is interesting. If you could pick one TV show to live inside of forever, what would it be? Like, like living in Scranton, working you for Dunder, Leo. Leo, uh, like living in Scranton, working for Dunder Mifflin. Like you live inside of a TV show forever. You know, you're a doctor Ooh. on Grey's
4: Anatomy, living in Seattle, that kind of thing. Mm. Annie, mm. Annie, I feel like you you're a big fan of this question. What would what would your answer I'm be? Big
2: fan, but I'm really thinking maybe Gilmore Girls.
4: Oh, oh. Town, I really love Stars Hollow good friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah lots yeah. of friends, lots
2: of shenanigans going on. I think it's really fun.
4: Huh. Honestly, I would. This is going to be an old school one and turn on the Nick at night. If you want silver spoons, they're rich so, and a uh, kid does nothing but train. ride that train around the house.
1: That train That's Jesse, an easy one. On. I would be yeah. a child and
4: live in silver spoons because
1: Ricky Schroeder had it idea. easy.
4: He had a cake. That was yeah. no problem.
3: Yeah. A
4: oh car man, bed. what
3: was that show? Oh, it was all about space. It was like when I was in eighth grade. Mm. I'll come back Star to it. Track. I mean, the West Star Trek and it's super boring. I'd love boring. to be like on staff in like an idyllic White House kind of mm-hmm. like I'd like to too be stressful. friends with all those too people.
4: Stressful. I want something with no stress. Cameron, what would you pick? Way too stressful. Bachelor must. in Paradise.
1: yeah i I think that's the answer yeah uh shelby says
0: last question uh leaving for a family vacation tomorrow to spend a week in northern michigan on the water any suggestions to make it a trip i won't forget
3: first of all it's time to start burning bridges with that family Um, (laughs) if you're if you're close enough to them that you're still going on vacation there's some stuff left to say and i would just get to it
4: before you're older say it Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, my advice for you in all seriousness you want this to be a trip yeah. that you never forget. Never, never uh, forget. Never. Don't go to northern Michigan. Go to somewhere people actually want to go on vacation because that's <laughs> oh, <easy>. no. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm Michigan, going to Omaha Michigan this year. Go a sweet week in Omaha or Boise. <laughs> yeah, you know, find somewhere cool to go. You'll never forget that, <laughs> you know? Oh, you're you've offended all of our Boise listeners
0: with your Boise references. Boise is a cool city. We know it everybody. It's just oh not Boise. a It's
4: not a vacation the, destination the, I mean, per the, se. the best vacation of my life vacation destination. Go somewhere cool.
3: That's no, if you want it. Yeah.
4: It's all about the destination. You
3: know. I can't believe this question. This, I missed the uh, last week's where they asked like the how can we be praying for you thing. It was so yeah, deep yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What would your answer have been, yeah, Eddie?
3: Let's yeah, right, no let's thanks, I'm real. fine. Pass. Eddie
2: <laughs> <laughs> texted me mid-week and said, I am so glad I didn't have to answer
4: that question. (laughs) In all seriousness, Eddie told me offline, he's in a tremendous amount of debt to the wrong kind of people. And he's trying trying to get Jeff to mention something at the wedding tomorrow. Maybe a little love offering because anything helps. I told him the burner phone idea. I mean, that's saving me. Eddie's
2: love offering is money or his love language is money. So (laughs) so (laughs) if everybody could just... Y'all just wrapped up
4: five jokes. Y'all just... That was very
0: impressive how in one answer you... And close the loop on five jokes. Yeah, that was good. Go. <laughs> all <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here before we ruin it. That'll do it for if you got
3: something you know, now's the time to ask it's ask
1: because.
0: Okay, well, many thanks to Jeremy and Audrey Roloff for joining us. Their new book, best selling book, A Love Letter Life, is out now. Go check it out. And we apologize for all of the interruptions during their compelling conversation. I'm Eddie Koffeltz.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Edward <laughs> Vincent third. III. Uh, also, thanks
0: to Samaritan Ministries for making the show possible. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org relevant.
3: All right, Annie, last chance. You can text somebody right now. Right now. We all freak out. Who is it?
0: Just... A little freak out. Yeah. It's like none of us could text this person.
4: Okay. Stedman, she mouthed, <laughs> she mouthed Stedman to me. That's the long, long term. It's Stedman, You're long right. time it's love Stedman. interest. Stedman, he's a good guy, he's a good dude. She mouthed it, she <laughs> mouthed it.
2: Text counts. him right now.
4: Tell him, Texting him as we tell speak. Him finally got name dropped on this pod. <laughs>
3: really, right. It's pretty incredible.
4: All right, on that note, we'll wrap it up.
0: I'm Cameron Strang, I'm Chandler String. I'm Jesse Carey, I'm
3: Eddie Babe Coffields. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm Annie Uptown. <laughs>
0: we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone.
1: No more will you cry. Baby I will hurt you never. We start one in love forever. We can ride it together. Uh-huh. Love with each other.
7: Uh-huh. Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com
8: forward slash subscribe.
2: We want to pitch not a belly,
6: Relevant Podcast Network.